It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission, to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I got a warning for you if you're popping in and out of stocks. You know, GameStop was the one getting all the publicity, but there's a lot of people using Robinhood and things like that to buy a stock today, you get out tomorrow, and on and on and on. I want to tell you what you need to know for your wallet. Also, I've got some really positive news about the job market. An opportunity for you to make a positive impact on your career may have actually come out of the pain of the pandemic. So something that has been overlooked in all the excitement about the apps you can have on your phone for buying and selling stocks is the tax issues if you actually do well or even potentially tax issues when you don't do well in buying and selling stocks the tax code is set up to punish people who trade quickly in and out of stocks and reward people who buy a stock or a mutual fund or an index fund or an ETF that you hold for 12 months or longer. Tax code discriminates against anything held less than a year where you're subject to a tax bill known as ordinary income versus when you hold something a year or longer, the long-term capital gains. Now, there is a way around this. And that is, if you do want to do high-frequency trading, do it in an IRA. If you do it inside a Roth IRA, or even a traditional, you don't have to worry about generating crazy tax bills for owning a stock for a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, or a few months. And so, if you are going to engage in that high-frequency kind of trading in individual stocks, you're trying to time your way in and out, if that's your thing, know that it's something you don't want to do in a conventional, traditional investment account done inside a tax-sheltered account, like either version of an IRA, you avoid the taxes. Now, as an investment strategy you know that I'm not into this if you've heard me for any period of time. I believe that the key to creating long-term financial security is not trying to hit the big score, but instead making money steadily over time. You know, I always use a baseball analogy for this, even though of the sports I played as a kid growing up, I was by far the worst any time I was playing baseball. I was terrible. But the analogy counts. You know, when you step up to the plate, you're just as valuable to your team if you watch the balls and strikes and get a walk or if you get a single. But a lot of people get up to the plate and they try to hit that home run. And what happens most often when you try to hit the home run, you strike out. So that's why I'm all about getting that base on balls or that single. 
steady, steady, steady creates the financial security. And for me, it's all about building that, as Charles Schwab calls it, that core first. And that core is inside a retirement account that you have that target retirement fund that owns potentially thousands of stocks all in one investment. And you're putting money in pay period after pay period. Or if you're doing your own Roth IRA, putting money in month after month. And you build that base. You build that core. If you're doing a taxable account, I love index funds. Why? Because the tax treatment is so favorable and your money's diversified. But if that's not your thing and you really want to do the individual stocks and you want to play that game in and out, in and out, in and out, just know that it also requires extreme tax planning if you do it in an investment account. And that's why the smartest thing to do is do that inside the IRA. Remember, that's not my first choice of preference for you, is how to invest your money. But if it's cool for you and it's what you want to do, at least do that high-frequency trading inside a retirement account. It's time for your questions. And Krista, what are we starting with? We're starting with Sunny in Georgia, who says, I want to teach money management and responsibility to my 14-year-old son so he's ready in four years when he goes to college. My plan is to give him money every month, which he can use as he wishes, but shares later how he spent it. Since most of the transactions would be digital, I'm thinking of setting up a separate bank account with a debit card and also connect that account to PayPal and Venmo. Is there a bank or credit union you would recommend for this? Will the account be in his name or mine? Also, I heard in one of your segments that, Kristen, you want your sons, I think 15-year-olds, to take summer jobs. I really like that idea and will push my son towards it. If he does this, will he need to file tax returns? Actually, he wants to file a tax return because one of the things that will be an advantage from working as a teenager, you don't have the normal expenses of housing and all that, is that you use a lot of that money to go into a Roth IRA. Money put in as a teenager in a Roth IRA, small amounts, will make somebody huge amounts of money later in life because time in investing is the key criteria to what creates wealth. Figuring money doubles in investments every 8 to 10 years, typically. So to the um, account for a minor child, if you are fortunate enough to be a USAA member, USAA has a fantastic account called a youth spending account that ties in with a debit card, allows you to tightly monitor if you wish as a parent, what transactions your son's doing, where he's spending his money, all of that. And it comes with a checking account, the card, the whole thing. It is a very, very good starter account. And at age 18, becomes uh, an adult uh, business relationship for your teenager with USA. And by the time they're 18, they really understand the whole banking thing. Uh, very few banks do this because these accounts are expensive, but a lot of credit unions do these youth accounts as well. They vary from institution to institution, but the key is usually they're free, no fees, no minimums, because these organizations want to capture 
the loyalty of a teenager and the likelihood is wherever a kid has their first account is where they're likely to keep an account or more likely to keep an account for a long time or a lifetime. I I received an unsolicited message from someone wanting to pay me $500 a week to put decals on my vehicle for three months. As I read the contract, it has some particular things I must do to get set up. Number one being, I have to pay a designer to make the decals. Seems wrong to me. I would never pay a designer to design a decal for another company or person. I think the company should pay their own designer. You all do a great service. And that's from Robert. Robert, this is just a flat-out scam. This is unfortunately a known scam out there. I guess good that it's known so that other people, if they were to search for this company, would know it's a scam. The whole thing with you paying the designer, you're actually paying a crook who's pretending to be a designer, and that's how they run off with your money in this particular scam. And 20 years ago, there were actually real opportunities to have your vehicle um, what they called wrapped with advertising and you'd get paid a monthly fee for doing it almost everybody who did that has gone away i did at a red light see a vehicle two weeks ago that had their vehicle wrapped had the name of the company that was paying them and had a phone number for you to call if the person was driving badly because that's a bad representation of the business they were advertising and then the individual <laughs> made an illegal U-turn at that intersection from the middle lane. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, man. And this one wasn't even a rip-off rap job, but the person who was driving was not a good rep. But that whole thing is uh, so many of these things you get about getting paid to have advertising on your car. Sadly, are scams. Joel, you did that back in the day, right? How much did you make from that? I did. I didn't make too much, like, but a couple hundred bucks a month, which is which is decent. But I know some people who drove more than I did could make four four fifty five hundred bucks a month just doing it. Um, and the company was called Rapify. Oh yeah, I think they're still around. I, I think they're one of maybe the only legitimate one that's around. Next, how would you like some positive news about jobs in your career? I know this has been a weird last year in the job market, but I'm going to share some great stuff with you coming straight ahead. This has been the weirdest recession of my lifetime. I've never seen a situation where a large block of people were doing better than ever during a down economy while other people were absolutely getting clobbered. And this unusual pattern has created an opportunity that I think is important for you to know about. So we've got tens of millions of people who've suffered lengthy cycles of unemployment since March of last year. People who worked in tourism, conventions, hotels, car rental companies, airlines, just to name uh, several industries where the job market just got demolished and remains in terrible shape. And then 
think of all the retailers that have failed over the last year. Retailers that may not have been healthy before the pandemic, but the pandemic put them out. And so you have millions of Americans who have suffered a sucker punch from the job market. At the same time, the number of jobs being posted is higher now than it was a year ago. Now, jobs are not just appearing everywhere with people begging for workers, but things are really, really good on the employment front with a lot of employment categories. And so if you have worked in an industry where you feel stuck, you are like, well, I just got to wait for them to call me back. And you don't know if that callback's going to come and when it would come. The reality is you should really think about what other things you can do in job categories where you'd really be wanted. And so there are millions of jobs open right now. USA Today ran a story recently that many of the people who lost their jobs in categories like I talked about, I forgot to mention restaurants as well, where uh, employment has been just decimated. A lot of the people who lost jobs made complete career changes. Two-thirds of people who lost their jobs permanently have now found new positions. And here's the crazy thing. Almost six in ten people who went looking for a different kind of opportunity than what they were in before, six in ten are making more money in their new job than they made in the one they got laid off from. So I know it's been tough. And I know that it's normal that we seek employment with the kind of place we worked before, doing the kind of work we did before. But the reality is the job market never stops changing. All that happened was that fast-forwarded during coronavirus. So this is a case where looking outside the box that you've been in is going to be absolutely core and key. So think about the skills you have, the training you have, the education you have, and look for what are referred to as cross-job skills. Skills you have that can be used in a completely different kind of industry or company. There are a lot of skills that do translate, that do transfer somewhere else. And that's where you should be looking. Doors have closed. Go find that open window. Krista? Okay, Clark. Ryan in Nebraska says, I'm interested in an 80-10-10 loan to avoid PMI. I contacted a few banks locally, and they all stated that they were either, one, not aware of what it is, 
or two, don't issue those types of loans. I have the cash to get to 10% equity and would like to avoid PMI. What was the key thing you said, Krista, that was the automatic alert that you'd have clueless people? Banks. Banks. Yes, thank you. When you're doing something outside of the normal routine kind of thing, with a loan for a home, you go to a mortgage broker. Mortgage brokers know the market. They're better trained than bank employees typically. And they will not say, huh, what's an 80-10-10? What's a piggyback loan? They know what these things are. Now, whether uh, you will qualify for an 80-10-10 or an 80-15-5 or whatever it would be, if you're not familiar with an 80-15-5 is where you put 5% down you take out a second mortgage that's 15% of the cost of the home and a first mortgage for 80% or the more conventional, uh, it's not a conventional loan, but the more typical 80-10-10, down payment, 10% uh, mortgage for 10% of the purchase price, and then a first mortgage for 80%. That's why it's called an 80-10-10. And so a mortgage broker with any experience at all, will be able to help you with getting an 80-10-10. The banks hate any of these because they don't make all the ripoff money from private mortgage insurance that the banks like to be able to charge all the money for. Okay, Eric says, Clark, you finally did it to me. Dagger through the heart with an unhappy skunk right under the nose as I am gasping for my last breath. At last, you addressed prepaying fixed a fixed rate mortgage, but you talk about it in a lump sum payment angle. I wish you'd addressed it from the common man's point of view. For a regular Joe like me with no other debts who can afford to make one or maybe two additional principal only payments per year, is it worth it? I have a 20 year fixed mortgage, a car loan that will be paid off in the next few months. I pay off my cards in full each month and contribute to a 401k in your favorite Roth and save whatever I can in Fidelity Zero Index funds each month. If you're doing all that and you still have money left over and you want to prepay on the mortgage, I love it. What I would do is whatever amount seems reasonable to you that you would prepay total in a year towards the mortgage, divide it by 12 and pay that additional amount towards principal each month. That actually will save you more money over time than doing a lump sum once or twice a year because once you've eliminated a dollar of principal on your mortgage, that dollar is never charged interest again. So doing that on a regular basis to shorten that 20-year loan down is uh, potentially a great way for you to get out of that mortgage debt sooner. And with you finishing off paying off that car loan, all the other investing you're doing, it means that you were on a trend line to be completely debt-free, including your mortgage, as quick as you can, and that's great. Charles in Louisiana says, on a recent podcast, you mentioned a home security company called Wise.com. Can't find them. I used two search engines. Did they go out of business, or did they ever exist at all? Uh, I should have, and I don't do it enough, spelled it, and it's weird it wouldn't show up in a search, W-Y-Z-E.com. They can't spell at WiseCam. So if you go to wise.com, 
or is it WiseCam? W-I-Z-E. Yeah, it's Wise.com, W-I-Z-E.com. What comes up right away, Wise Home Monitoring, 24-7 professional monitoring meets your smart home. And then it goes through and explains the Wise security system. And as I promised, I have ordered one to see how easy it is to install and how well it will work. And unfortunately, it will not be shipped to me till April is the notification I got from WISE. Then I will attempt the installation and I will let you know how easy it is to install and then over time how well it works. The deal with the WISE, WYZE.com system is that the system is ultra cheap to buy and the monitoring, professional monitoring, is the lowest cost by far in the industry, 60 bucks a year. Okay, and finally, Brenda in Oklahoma says, can this be true? And it looks like an ex- excerpt from an email. Big banks may be coming after your savings and retirement accounts. For certain accounts, they could help themselves to your money to stay solvent during the looming financial crisis. It's all going to be 100% legal because of the Dodd-Frank Act. And if you have $250,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, TSP, or savings account, you could be one of the first in line to have your money confiscated. Oh, boy. Uh, First of all, Dodd-Frank is blamed for everything. And this is uh, an email circulating out of hysteria. Don't worry about that. However, having retirement accounts at a bank is a rotten, terrible, awful, hideous idea. You want to have your investment accounts, your retirement accounts, with a discounter. The three bigs are Schwab, Fidelity, and Vanguard, but there are many other low-cost providers as well. Never, 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 not ever should an investment account or retirement account be at a bank. Uh, In addition, when you have your investment account, at a brokerage, a mutual fund company, an investment house, the accounts are protected because the money is invested. And even if the brokerage or investment house went bust, your money's still fine and safe because it is invested in the funds it's in or the stocks it's in. No harm, no foul, no risk. The quarter million dollar rule. Okay, so with a bank, um, bank accounts are insured up to a quarter million dollars. You don't want to have more than a quarter million dollars in any one financial institution. And there are ways you can have more by having different titled type accounts in one. But my preference, again, never, 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 not ever have your investment or retirement accounts at a bank The fees they charge are outrageous. The investments they offer are terrible. They are places you put your money in checking accounts, have a credit card from a bank if you want, Uh, only have a savings account with a credit union or an online bank because traditional banks pay such terrible interest, blah, 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 blah. But any of these emails circulating, creating fear about bank failures and seizures and all that, absolutely not true. I'll tell you what is true. I want to thank you and I'm so grateful to you for being a part of the Team Clark community. And anytime that you could use some advice, 
I want to tell you we provide one-on-one free advice, something we've done for 28 years through Team Clark, our Consumer Action Center. You can see more about it in our hours at clark.com slash CAC. Please subscribe to this podcast if you've enjoyed it and give us a review. 